the comic book pit. Okay. singing was um this movie intro mm. like mm. intermission or yeah. coming attractions speak into the microphone the, the people at home need to hear you sean atkins guest no, not in the for comic book pit no you're very you're very quiet unless i turn my microphone my earphone down you might have turned it down because if you could have heard oh, me when you i was farther you're booming you're booming yeah yeah turn it down it happens here. Yeah. We're professionals here. It's a uh, comic book pit number 189. 189 of these. Yep. Yep. You and I have been on a combined 12 uh, of these. Um, uh, been- that's not Dan. I'm not Scott. I'm Jared. We're composite Dan yeah. and composite Scott. So, um, does that or- mean? If you're composite, Scott, does that mean what? Does that mean you don't have a goatee? Scott has a goatee. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, I never noticed. Here it's this blonde hair. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you just thought he had a skin condition. <laughs> it was a splotchy around his mouth. I just figured he had uh, toothpaste on his chin all so. the time, consistently. That, I figured that, that's just what is, that's his shtick. <laughs> that'd be funny if it was, if all this time, it's just, he's at the house with like spirit gum and just like, oh, never know. Ah, the, the joke is on them, but I'm the one laughing. <laughs> no, um, comic book pick number 189. I'm Jared. This is Sean Atkins. You know him. Yep. He does stuff. You've heard of him before. Yep. We do a program, Sean, called uh, the Figure It Out podcast program. Yep. And we're kind of doing a wacky crossover this week because uh, we're just going to take this and post it on that site as well. Although with all the stuff you're not hearing. I guess uh, it's more of like the unofficial crossover because it's not really a crossover. It's like a concentric circle crossover type deal. I kind of like to think of it as just killing two birds with one stone. That we're doing. We're all about efficiency here. Um, we were talking, Sean Atkins, because this is comic book pit, and it would be a proper thing to do to discuss comic books. And uh, we follow the media, we follow the news, and we are talking about uh, DC Comics has announced, since our last proper episode, uh, an event. Can you imagine that? A comic book company is doing an event? Never happens. 
It's about time. What? I know. Doing an event. What? Like the the characters are going to like interact with one another. Uh, you mean like Super Bowl? Yes. Like the Super Bowl, where that beautiful Tom Brady leaped like a jubilant child after winning his fourth Lombardi and cementing himself in history. No, he didn't cement himself in history. No, he did not. You know, I figured something out, Sean Atkins, after that Super Bowl. To be an all-time elite quarterback, there is one thing you need. One thing. To cheat? A butt chin. A butt chin. Think about it. You need to cheat. No, no, no. Because you're going to eat those words when I explain this theory to you, why a butt chin is all one needs to be an all-time elite quarterback. Tom Brady, butt chin. Joe Montana, butt chin. Terry Bradshaw, butt chin. That's all it takes. All it takes. The rest is details. Uh, Does he have a butt chin? Yeah. Is it pronounced? I think of more as like a potato head. He does have more of a potato. <laughs> that's not, I wouldn't call that a butt. That's like a little dimple in the chin, but uh, that's not oh, that's pronounced a- butt chin. It's not a mighty butt chin. It's just like an indentation. You know what Ben Roethlisberger is about to have? A whole lot of money. Because he is going to get paid. Paid. Yeah. They can't get rid of him. I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan. I see they want to pay their quarterback like $100 million. I'm like, if they're going to pay, the Dolphins are going to pay Ryan Tannehill $100 million. The Steelers are going to have to give Ben Roethlisberger like a burrow in the North Hills. Because I just don't see I... Here you go, Ben. You get Wexler. My geography may be wrong. Screw it. Well, this is comic book pick, not football talk. We can figure that out some other time. Um, so DC Comics is doing this convergence event. event. They're kind of scuttling their 52 live comics, but keeping it at the same time. But that's neither here nor there. What uh, has fascinated me is some of the titles that they have coming out of it. Um, namely, Batmite. But I guess it's just a uh, miniseries. But it looks cool because it's like all cartoony and stuff. So that's not like the typical stuff you expect to see, particularly from DC Comics. Yeah, for a couple of years they kind of had this, like, uh, I'm just kind of observing from the sidelines. I mean, I wasn't That's actually perfect. reading the books, but it seemed like a lot of the books all kind of looked the same. Yes. Like the like- first 36 issues, except for, you know, a couple gems here and there, like Wonder Woman. and. But they had, um, they did have a house style, per se, yeah. in that Jim Lee, like, designed all the new costumes, and everyone had to follow the new costumes, there was all these seams and lines and whatnot, and they were rather busy designs, and V-neck collars. Even one woman, she had like a V-neck choker. It made no sense. But now, I mean, I, I don't think that's being done away with completely. Everyone's still going to be rocking V-necks. But they also are bringing in some unconventional creators to do some work on unconventional characters. Like this, um, yeah. there's a Bizarro book coming out. And Bizarro is like all cartoony and wearing jorts and it looks cool. It looks interesting. I mean, at first I saw DC was doing like, ah, tisk tisk DC, just another cash grab. But then I saw like this post stuff. I was like, wow, this actually looks interesting. This, I have to eat my words. 
because this looks really kind of cool, and I would like to check out this Bizarro and that Batmite. And they're doing a, a Prez book, which just blows my mind. I mean, Prez... Yeah, I can't I believe... It's like, talk about obscure. Yeah. Like, that's just out of nowhere. No one... I, I sometimes I kind of wonder if they're just... I don't know. I didn't expect that when they're I saw that. Like, psych, it's another Green Lantern book. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just... That's that's all it actually is. <laughs> another Green Lantern book. They're like, uh-huh. I don't think there's been a book with Prez in our lifetimes. And, and we've been kicking it for three and a half decades. And I don't ever recall seeing a spinner rack with Prez represented. I don't think it was too popular. No, and this doesn't look like the same Prez from the from 40 years ago, but still, the fact remains. Um, I give it up to DC. They're uh, they're getting creative with this. So I mean, somewhere some bean counter computated an algorithm. They're like, hmm, if we let the creative types do what they want and be creative, people will like to purchase those books. More of that. And yeah, I see. I don't know, man. I I kind of have to see to believe when it comes to that because I saw this. I well, I didn't see the article, but I read it. Well, I didn't really read it. <laughs> Speculate what? Headlines are good enough. Yeah, that's all I saw. That's all you the know. Headline, was, the headline uh, tells you everything there is. Well, anyways, I'm just going to go forward. They're saying that uh, going forward, like this next coming year that, you know, creators come first versus, you know, before the commu- the continuity. So you'll get better stories and this, that, and the other thing. And I kind of, I've never been one for continuity. I mean, I love the Silver Age, so, and they didn't give a crap about continuity. Right. And if they did, then they just never figured, they just said like, oh, okay, well, this happened in this one issue, but that's, that's it. Well, the model right. was then was they were writing books for an audience, and I thought I had a squeaky chair for an audience that rotated like every two to three years. You know, there was new people coming in, yeah. so you didn't have to work. Now they're written for an audience that's been kicking it for forty years, and it's gifting the curse. I mean, we're here because we are longtime fans. This whole conversation exists because we're longtime fans. People are listening to this. Because they're longtime fans, and but the the and that's great and that's fantastic, but the downside is it can lead to staleness and cynicism. Um, so it is. I I think it's cool. I don't mind DC just throwing a little caution to the wind and just having some putting out some fun books and not worrying about kinda... how it fits into this giant tapestry that's been woven over the last seventy five years. I just kind of hope they hold up to it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's great. I want the creators to do, you know, what's best for the story. That's why I feel people, you know, I think that will get the people in their seats. Yeah. And it's is, not like uh, every book you know, is just good being... stories and good art and, and actually different type of styles. I, I like that idea that I don't yeah. think there should be a house style. I like that idea a lot. Cause that's one thing I've always kind of knocked DC for is, their characters are rather iconic, which kind of is a different thing, but they always did seem to have like a house style, and it was like that Yvonne Reese, uh, Ethan Van Skyver, 
rendered looking. I've never been much for that type of art style. It just doesn't do it for me aesthetically. I understand some yeah. folks dig it and more power to them. But the fact that now they're kind of incorporating more stylized artwork, more cartoony artwork, I dig that. And, uh, I mean, not all. And there's, I mean, hell, Brian Hitch is writing and drawing Justice League of America, which, uh, put out there right now. What's the over under in this book being on schedule? I say one. <laughs> this book's already late. Um, nice. <laughs> He's already doing it. He already knows <laughs> it's going to be late. Um, I don't know. Like I, when it comes to Brian Hitch, I re I've always liked his stuff. Unfortunately, I haven't read him since the Ultimates. Right. I did wanted to read his Fantastic Four stuff. I read that. You would like that because down. that um, talking about throwing continuity to the wind. That book. So I read that book and I was like, I was like, wow, this book is like almost like an event, but within a self-contained title. And then, like, afterwards you come to find out, like, oh, it stands outside of continuity. Yeah, it was within the numbering system. Um, you would like it. I don't think I have the – I think that was before I moved to Pittsburgh, so those issues are in a long book. Some women Miller's run? Yes. I think I wanted to read that. that. It, it's very – Miller was uh, Miller was saying some pretty good stuff about, you know, how – it's become stagnant. Uh, the title has become stagnant over the years, and they should, or I'm going to try to do this, this, and this, and bring new life. And it's I was very like, oh, that's really grandiose cool. in its scale. And like when it got to the end, I'm like, oh man, there's, this is now part of like the story. And then they're like, no, it's just a an imaginary tale or whatever. I was yes. like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But Mr. Did. FF woke up from a, a dream, and he's like, oh. That would have been fantastic. Never yeah. <laughs> that would have, that, they should have done that. Maybe it's not too late to go back and just tack in one more page. Get drawn by, uh, whoever was the, like Mike McCone to draw, read Richard's waking up and be like, cool. Just a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. no, it was cool. You'd like that. And I think we've talked about that. That Fantastic Four run has been coming up a lot, I think, within the last year on this program. The Hitch stuff? Yeah, that, that Miller Hitch run. I think either, like when you've been on, or I think even with uh, Dang and Duke, it, it, I feel like we've been talking about it a lot in the past year. I should dig them out, and we should really just dissect them sometime. Well, I'd like to read them. I uh, uh, I read the, the Wade and Ringo stuff, and I love that. That was a good yeah. run. Uh, I've read some of that. Uh, the Miller Hitch run is a little different. A little different. But um, I really do think you would enjoy it. If you just enjoy big imaginative tales, and he has, and Doctor Doom is a featured character in it as well. Uh, so I think I think mm-hmm. it would tickle your fancy. Well, I always figured that that's what works best with the Fantastic Four. This really imaginative story, and then. You know, Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom, awesome. <laughs> yes, because no one liked Doctor Doom except for Bill Belichick. <laughs> actually, I'm going to take that back because that just means that I have to associate. Well, they both wear hoods. Doom. They both no. wear hoods. Too late. No. They both and and you know that the cutoff hoodie is almost like a tunic. 
No. Ah, too late, John Atkins. Because there's too Belichick many uh, parallels. Like he rolled out. He he rolled out of a laundry hamper. I'm sorry. I'm I'm calling that there. Doctor D's favorite like team is the New England Patriots. I like to think that's, it's that's gonna, we're going to find that out post. Uh, <laughs> that, that's clever. That's clever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a joke your grandma would laugh. I didn't even think about it. It took me a minute to catch on. I'm the one that said it. Oh, but no. I, so that's I, that's one thing I wanted to talk about was. I was really surprised because when, like I said, DC announced that, I was just like, ah, yawn, jump off point. And then I saw what they were doing and I was like, oh, well, I'm a jaded old man and I need to, uh, check myself lest I wreck myself. Um, although I, um, I've been hearing that they're bringing in, they're having a, a Black Canary ongoing series. So that's kind of cool by, uh, the guy that's writing the new Batgirl stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't uh? Are you still reading that book? No, I just picked up the first issue. Okay, I was Would, broke. <laughs> I think Black Canary was a character. I could be wrong. I think Black Canary had been a character in the Batgirl book. It seemed like that's the way they're setting it up, where she had to in the first story. Uh, was it her house got broken into or caught on fire and she had to move in somewhere, so she decided to move in with Barbara. Mm, so. Okay. I can see. That hygiene. makes sense. Yes. But, um, switching gears a little bit. Um, sure. I did read a comic book this week I'd like to discuss. Uh, normally okay. I discuss The Amazing Spider-Man with the Duke, but he's not here this week, as you may have noticed. But the, uh, the Spider-Verse ongoing, which I've told you about this, it's like all the Spider-Mans from all the different universes team yeah, up in the Battle of like Threat. The, yeah, they, they're fighting, uh, was it Morlon? Morlon? Yeah, yeah, and his whole, like, there's a whole family of them. Like, Morlon isn't, uh, a single actor, he's got like a whole family of like brothers and sisters and a father, no mother, and a father, and, uh, they've all been gallivanting around the, uh, Multiverse eating Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, so uh, I still never understood that. Like I read that story arc, the first one with the uh, Straczynski. Did you? Because I never did. Yeah, I got it like back in the day. I had the the trade for it, and um, it was a really good issue, actually. The the first one that he was when he came into play. It was so good because I was like, you read it and you're like, man, is Spider-Man actually going to live through this? Because the whole entire first part of that story was just him facing this guy and throwing everything at him. And just like, it's like a long fight. And I was like, holy crap, are they really going to kill this guy, <laughs> Spider-Man off? Was that Romita that drew that? Junior, it junior? was Romita Jr. Uh-huh. Okay. It was... Him and Straczynski doing it. I think it was like around um, the 9-11 stuff. Yeah, I was say, say it was before or after. That's like a decade plus ago. Yeah. The early aughts. Um, well, this week um, I read Amazing Spider-Man number 14, and it was uh, I, 
the finale of the Spider Verse. Um, oh really? It felt. I mean, it was fun. They're gonna kind of keep it going. My only beat. Well, there's one more. There's like the next issue is an epilogue, and that's the. End. It's been. It'll be seven issues by the time it was over. I mean, it's kind of. And there was tie-ins, so it, it ran its course. Um, I figure they're just going to kind of milk that cow as much as it's worth. And I think the milk was running a little dry. And then by the time they finally ended it, it just kind of ended. Um, I don't want to say it felt anticlimactic, but in a sense it did. Um, mm. Maybe it's because I wasn't reading all the tie-ins. Duke has, so next time he's on the show, he can give a little more uh, in-depth View on it, but my just reading the Amazing Spider-Man title, it just sort of they set it up. There was a little bit of conflict, a little bit of tension, but it kind of just felt, you know, lip service tension and drama. And mm-hmm. then, and it just in in very, you know, typical fashion, it it looks like bad guys going to win, and then good guys come back and save the day and. I'll, I'll say this, uh, spoilers alert a bit, uh, Spider-Ham lived. I, I was hoping he would, because they were killing off a lot of the Spider-Man. Spider-Man lived. Spider-Ham was a, uh, a crucial character through this. Had a big role. Really? Peter Parker? Peter Parker, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was uh, in the top billing. I mean, it's an ensemble cast, but he was you know, fairly front and center during this. Uh, not just treated as a joke, but treated like with a uh, reverence and uh, an important player in the in this one. Um, but yeah, you know they got they win and yada yada yada. Uh, my the biggest problem with it is with all those Spider Mans, it was difficult to keep them together, keep track of who was who, because yeah. they all dressed in like Spider Man costumes, so they all look alike. You can't see their faces; they're all just wearing, you know, the typical Spider Man garb. Outside of like mm-hmm. 2099 and Miles Morales, it was kind of difficult to figure out who was who. But I don't know, I, I I enjoy. It. I'm hoping it gets back to a little more uh, grounded fare. I'm kind of tired of all these giant arc storylines and grand sweeping epics, and I kind of miss the uh, self-contained stories of yore. Like stuff, like it was sort of like that when we were coming up, and I know it was stuff that predated us, where you could you have like self-contained issues, maybe a two-parter. I kind of miss mm. comics that have like the uh, villain of the week, and you know each issue's got like a three-act structure, and and like I don't know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's gotten away from that over the last fifteen years to being more yeah. bigger and grander, but. There's nothing wrong with keeping it keeping it tight. It used to seem like there was always at least it was one event for like right. the summer. Like when we and were then kids, all of be... a sudden it's like here comes the fall, and this event leads into this, and it's coming into the spring, and it's like I think there there was an article once called event fatigue with oh, comics. Yeah. It's a real thing. Are getting tired. Yeah. Yeah, it comes up quite a bit. Um, yeah, you're talking about like when we were kids in the summer, it'd be like the annuals. Like the annuals would have like a crossover series. Well, I was like thinking Atlantis like Attacks Age of Apocalypse. Or something. Yeah, like Atlantis Attacks, Age of Apocalypse. Now that was like the, uh, Onslaught. Okay, you know, Age of Apocalypse like was like a huge 
like massive multi-title crossing spanning epic storyline. You know, they rebooted the titles for a minute and there's them, but that now that's common back then. Before then it was just, it was like a year before that was, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really read age of apocalypse. I came in after like right after age of, apocalypse. I did read that but, stuff. Yeah. I didn't read them all, but I, I, I have those comics. They're in a box in my parents' attic. Like, I came in right after that stuff. Like, they were making references to that, and I'm like, what the heck just went on? A lot of my friends were like, oh, Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, I got a little timey-wimey. Professor X's son went back in time, and... I want to say he killed (laughs) Professor X, which seems kind of weird. And so, and like, Apocalypse ended up taking over the world, and it was very post-apocalyptic world. And and then I forget how it all went down. But yeah, I mean that was like twenty years ago too. Yeesh. Yeah, and like that was it. And like they would do that and then you know that that was the big sweeping crossover event contained to just the X tops. I think so. I don't remember if it really I don't think like every comic now if they did it like every comic would tie in and you would have Age of Apocalypse, Spider Man. Age of Apocalypse Misty Knight. I mean, it just would be... Well, like, Onslaught. Like, that was a a more company-wide crossover event. That affected everybody. Yeah, because then they... Uh, then but my photo that was, like... That was even, like, two summers after Age of Apocalypse. So, either way, I mean, the point that we were getting at is, you know, at least when those events happened, you had time to recoil and you know, it's, kind of get comfy with your titles again instead of having, yeah. like, these crazy it crossovers. It didn't lead into the next one. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the 20th anniversary of Age of Apocalypse. Actually, I was mad. I read, I got into, um, someone suggested I read Planet Heist, Doctor Strange, or not Doctor Strange, Adam Strange, Planet Heist. And I loved the crap out of that book. And, uh, okay, I'm going to give spoilers. Go for it's it. A ten-year-old book. At least, so if you haven't read it, it's still a good book. Read it. Good art. Loved it. And then the end. At the end, instead of having like, uh, you know, some quip or uh, I don't know, some kiss or something like that. Like, good job, Adam Strange. It went into identity crisis, and I was so miffed because I was like, "Are you freaking serious? Are you telling me you wrote this?" awesome story only to tie it into the, another story that I have to buy to see what happens next. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I did not. I think I rented it from a store or from the library. I don't know how I read it, but either way, I was like, I'm not doing that. Why do I have to, why can't I just enjoy a good story? It was a great story. Introduced you to Adam strange who is actually, I love him as a character. I think he's really awesome. And uh, I was miffed that it went into Identity Crisis. It's how they get you. It's how they get you. You know a book, he says going into a segue, that keeps it tight and isn't massive and expanding, but is kind of leading to another book that you're going to have to buy? 
Barbarella? No. Um, and because this is a comic book bit, and we have to keep it safe for work. Holy Duck, number three, by a friend of the show, Nick Marino. Oh? See, yeah, I buy it digitally on the Comixology, who are mm. seriously ahead of the curve. So if you wait for the floppies, you're still just hanging on that cliffhanger from issue one. Me, I'm up to issue three. I know where this thing's oh. going. Yeah. So I guess maybe I, I shouldn't get too spoilerific. I'll just say this. Good stuff. Strong book. This is like the, this is the issue here. Like the, the first two issues kind of set it up, put the players on the board. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road. And, uh, the, awesome. the plot thickens and that, and it sets up the big, uh, showdown between the heroes and the, uh, antagonists in the next issue. I look forward to getting the trade and reading it all in one piece. I mean, I guess like once I get the next issue, I can sit here and read these all in one piece too, but I look forward to having the physical book and being able to read it like in one sitting as one continuous piece. Yeah. Because correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he write it to be that? I don't know. You don't know? I thought maybe I assume... No. Okay. I I assume he wrote it as a, a as a limited series, and then it you know is being published like that, and then uh, they'll just you know and collect did you, it in a yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be because that's already been solicited. Did you hear there'll be a sequel? No, I didn't. I thought I heard somewhere on his Facebook feed, on Nick's Facebook feed, but I I was at work, so I really wasn't. I was paying half attention to Facebook and half attention to my job. That's probably good thinking. So I was like, sequel? And I didn't click on the link like I was supposed to. And then I had to help somebody or Uh, stupid customers get in the way of us. Yeah. I know, right? It's like, you just wait. I'm reading about my friend's comic book. You can come back when I'm done. Thank goodness I'm no longer at that store. Oh. I was like, Did you get the one you wanted? Uh. Did you get the job with the one that was cool? I, yeah, I guess it's cool. I don't know which one I talked to you about, but. The one where you be more creative. Well, I can be more creative. As in like you could like print books or or design stuff. I can't remember what job I talked to you about that. Okay. Well, um, well, this I'm is comic book no. and this is more, this is, we, we are venturing <laughs> off the topics. Um, and this is now just a uh, gossip with Sean and Jared. And this is not what the people signed up for. Uh, what? I know. <laughs> I'm just as surprised as you. I thought this was as the, as the pit turns. Well, assuming they're still listening, um, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're, you're like, you know what, guys? We're still here. Just go ahead and ditch. Dish. I know this isn't the typical comic book pit, but I'm sticking, I've stuck with it this far. No, I quit my job to start a new job. Uh, I can't remember what job I told Jared. I must have told him about a creative job I probably found on LinkedIn um, or something. You, no, no, no. You were at uh, a store. I don't want to say names just in case you get in trouble. Right. Um, you were at store A. 
you talk to store B. Oh, that job. No, I didn't get that job. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And the guy was like, well, I don't want to take you from store A. You were like, oh, store A. Yeah, I didn't get that job, and I didn't try. And No, I got another job. It's it's somewhere a lot closer and a lot more stuff that I like about it. Not creative, but I'll still keep my ears open for the creative position. Well, that's what you, I mean, the creative stuff, that's what we do after the shift ends. I mean, my day job doesn't uh, employ any of my creativity, but it keeps the lights on. Yeah. Particularly the light above my drawing board. And so when I get home, then I just have to do that job. And that's the hand we're yeah, dealt. But if I can, again, kill two birds with one stone, that'd be nice. I mean, not to do comics. I mean, obviously. I mean, well, I would love to do comics. Of course. You know, if I'm doing something creative for a day job. You know, maybe it wouldn't be that bad, you know. But like I said, I actually I think this new job's gonna be really good. So I start on Monday. Oh, well congratulations. And that was my review of Holy Duck number three. Yes. Yes. Nick Marino is an absolute genius and, of Holy Duck number three. And, and don't forget Daniel Rudamasa. Yes. And I'm looking forward to see uh what they have in store with actually, uh, I've been seeing a lot Holy of Duck. work. I really dig his artwork. I do too. I, you know, it kind of reminds me, um, I don't like doing this. I don't like comparing it, but I can't help it. Um, I, I know your, your wife reads it, but not you. Uh, Rob Guillory, who does Chew. I mean, I'm not saying it's a carbon copy, but it's in that same, uh, circle of, of cartoonery. I can see that. Yeah. But, I mean, he's very much doing his own thing, but I'm just saying it kind of just reminds me of that a little bit. A little bit. That's all. Did you, so, uh, have you been reading any comics? I know we kind of sprung this, uh, guest co-hosting spot on you. Um, um, well, um, I'm trying to dig through my brain stem. I, what have I been doing? I have, I have you have to excuse me, folks. I'm kind of coming off of a cold. It's all right. <clears throat> well, I have been reading. Uh, I've been chipping away at Aquaman volume one. I believe I, I think I may have talked to Dan. Maybe it was you. I, I talked to. I think so. Out. Like the, the old showcase. Yeah, yeah. I know we talked about it and figured it out. I think you did talk about it in one of your previous stints here on Comic Book Pit. With uh. Well, the thing is what a lot of people think that you'll find gems in these old stories. And for the most part, you do. But you kind of have to dig through a lot, a lot of dirt and crap. Yeah. And I'm at the part where I'm actually past the fun stuff. And so I kind of grab onto like tidbits that I see, like I'll, after I'm done reading a few pages, I'll flip a few pages ahead to see what's ahead. Just, you know, just mm. because. So now it's the work. Now it's yeah, the stuff it you just have to dig through. It's, it's very dry and it's very hard. 
Well, not very hard. It's just, it's, it's really dry to read. And it's like, so I kind of skimmed through and I saw like this one couple images of this Atlantean, uh, masquerading as Aquaman. Cause Aquaman got sucked up in a time warp to ancient Rome where he gets confused as Poseidon. And, um, oh, what was I going to say? Totally lost my dream. That oh, needs anyway. to be boring. Um, a lot of work to get to the good stuff. Yeah, like the Atlantean dresses up as Aquaman, but instead of putting on like a, you know, a fake nose and dye a hair, he has a full body. I assume it's a rubber suit. <laughs> Aquaman, and it's creepy. It's not like fun creepy. It's just plain creepy. I will actually send you pictures of it because it's like. He'll take off the mask and it's attached to his, his clothes that he has of Aquaman. Yeah. He'll just take it down. And so you got like this shriveled up, uh, head, like a cowl, just kind of shriveled up and looking, you know, empty and hollow. Or there's a one panel where he hung up his costume and it just looks like he just skinned Aquaman alive. And just hung him up on a nail as he's just complaining about, you know, the heist. So maybe, maybe we need to rethink our, our wishing for the uh, days of yore to make a comeback. Like, yes, we miss self-contained stories, but we don't miss creepy people suit wearing storylines. Yeah. It just, it's just stuff like but although stuff like that kind of kept me reading in the book cuz I'm like okay I got to find out how this Aquaman wearing costume came into play uh there's been a few other stuff but yeah right now I'm just kind of chipping away as well as I've been reading two dots or uh playing two dots oh okay I was say what is two dots but it's a game and while you're I mean I was listening obviously to your story but it's also I like I said, I read uh Holy Fuck on um Comicsology and when I read it I did the you know the panel view and I was mm-hmm. scrolling through it just as the page, the whole pages. Tell you what, that Daniel Rudamasa his page compositions this issue are fantastic. I have to, you know, watch my language. I wanted to use some cusses to uh pepper a praise on it, but man, he did some really strong stuff, like just as full pages and the full pages as a piece. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You kind of miss that when you read it in the in the panel to panel format. You don't get to see like the entire page and how it's composed and he flows it together and everything. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, switching gears again, there is some news I wanted to address. Sean Atkins. Something we must typically probably would open the show with this, like with the other, with the other host. We usually open with the media, but this week we'll close with the media. Um, on Tuesday morning, a friend of mine put a link on my Facebook. And usually I'll just sit there and like look at the phone while I wait for the car to warm up. And I'm like, uh huh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man and Marvel, I get it. And I'm reading this article. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. And then I close it and I'm pouring out and I'm like, wait a minute, that was Marvel's website. I just read that article on. And then it was like, holy shit, the the impossible has happened. Spider-Man is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Yeah, I heard about that. They're going to incorporate him in the Civil War movie. Yeah, like that's how they're going to introduce him, and then like that's going to be pretty cool. I think so too. Um, I see you see all the chatter, and I've been thinking about, and I have my uh, speculative spoilers for how I think it'll play out. You know, the pieces are now thrown on the table, and how I see them fitting together. I read that Civil War story arc, and I've talked about this repeatedly on this program. And I can see how I mean, Spider-Man was a pivotal role in that, but that Spider-Man was established in that storyline. And this, I hope they don't just say that Spider-Man's been like happening all this time, but he's just been over there and we just didn't see him. I think you could introduce Spider-Man in a movie version of the Civil War storyline, which it won't be, you know, bit for bit, but it would be like an adapted thematic you know, likeness of the Civil War storyline. You could introduce a Spider-Man to that world, and I would hope that they do him as a kid. You know, like, I'd like to see a young, and Peter Parker, cause, you know, it's, I mean, I know there's some debate, like, oh, you could do Miles or whatever. I'd like to see Peter. I think Peter deserves his chance to ride with, you know, these movie versions of, of Iron Man and the Avengers and whatnot. So but you could do, like, a, the 15-year-old kid with the powers who's, like, this masked crime fighter. And really, in a world where they don't really have masked crime fighters. And so he could sort of play the role, like, the new uh, new Warriors played in the Civil War comic. As, you know, oh, now you got these reckless kids running about with superpowers. Something needs to be done about that. And then he can go and have his own adventures of being in, you know, a high school kid and all the... Stuff that comes with that while having to fight super-powered bad guys. So I think it could be exciting. I look forward to it. I never saw any of those uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I understand that he was pretty good as Spider-Man, but I never heard anybody really sing the praises other than his performance. They weren't bad. I mean, they weren't. It seemed to me it was kind of like... I felt like they didn't need to redo the origin because one, I mean, how are you going to reboot Spider-Man literally probably less than seven to five years? Yeah, it wasn't since the, the last Spider-Man. Right. And I don't think you, I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see an origin again. I don't think you need an origin now. I think it, we, I know, hope we know it. But then again, they did the same with Superman with Man of Steel, and when I heard they are doing an origin story, I'm like, Superman doesn't need to have another origin story. You could have saved yourself a lot of time and yeah. money. I'll tell you what, though. And told a probably a way better story. I, I have a soft spot for Man of Steel, as you well know. Um, yes, and you're at odds. And, uh, and it's been uh, on, in rotation on HBO again, and oh, yeah, I should good. just buy the thing. But uh, whenever I see it on cable, I always stop and watch it. And it's as flawed and dopey as it is, I'm still a sucker for it. Still a sucker for it. Even from Russell Crowe's ham-fisted acting to dialogue you could build a house with to plot holes you could drive a truck through. It doesn't matter. I still just 
I have, I have, I'm a sucker for that movie. I have a inexplicable bias towards it. Um, so you won't get me to, to criticize it. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest about it, but I'm still just gonna be like, it's like having a, it's like having an ugly kid. Like, yeah, he's ugly, but that's my kid. I'm gonna love him all the same. Okay, I get, I get what you're trying to say. It's a movie only a mother can I... I kind of looked at it as meh, like it was, it was the middle road. I've seen better stories. And here's the like the uh, um, all the outrage he, over it, like oh he he killed Zod and there was yeah, destruction. He killed Zod. Superman does not kill. Have you ever seen Superman two? He he gleefully throws Zod to his death in Superman two. Gleefully, I like to think he that saps he his powers. He doesn't trip over anything, Sean. He picks him up and throws him. He throws him against the wall of the, the Fortress of Solitude. First, he crushes his hand. He saps his power, then he crushes his hand, picks him up, throws him against the wall of the Fortress of Solitude, which I, I say would break Zod's back, and then let Zod fall to his death. Fall to his death. And then cracks jokes. You know what? So if you're going to criticize me in a steal... Then you need to go back and watch Man Superman two, and uh, get 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 your story straight. Because if you don't like Man of Steel and you say, "Oh, Superman had no respect for life and heroes don't do that," then go watch everyone's favorite Superman, Christopher the Reeve, man. and how he gleefully murders in that movie. The man jerked his neck. There was other ways you could do say. Yeah, those he could have crushed his hand and thrown him against a wall and let him fall to his death. And you know they didn't have the and, and there's a fight in downtown Metropolis. Pretty much, Man of Steel is basically Superman the movie and Superman Two smushed together with modern technology. And those movies have been on Ion, positively television. So I've been able to watch them too recently, and then watch Man of Steel and be like, holy shit, these are the same movies. These are just smushed together. With special effects and a more diverse casting. Does it still make it right though? No. I'm just saying, if you I, if you knock the one, so there were other ways. If you're you could a fair-minded go. person, you got to go back and knock the other. That was just. I'm just saying, like the last part of that that Man of Steel one was just. If you want to say it's convenient, but, sorry. Fine, it's convenient. <laughs> but if you're gonna say he doesn't kill. Then I'm sorry, but precedent has been set. You know, I, at first I was arguing, you know, Superman 22 with the the Kryptonite, and he kills. No, I wouldn't even go to the comics, and can't I'll go to mass media. Superman 2 crushes his hand, throws him against the wall, breaking his back, and lets him fall to his death gleefully. Okay. But either way, with the Superman of the Man of Steel one, I mean, come on. He even picks he a fight with a trucker in that movie. <laughs> Both movies. That's what we need to do. Okay, and we're going to come back either, probably not a comic book pick, because I don't think anybody will listen to it. We'll do it on Figure It Out. We'll watch Man of Steel 2, or Superman 2, and then watch Man of Steel. Well, you might as well say Man of Steel 2, because they're the same movie. As far as I'm concerned, they're the same movie. Just one's got a bigger effects budget. One is the benefit of technology. I'm just saying, though. It's like, you telling me he couldn't have figured another way to get rid of Zod. Like... 
I don't know. Like, he could have sapped his powers and then threw him to his have, death. He could have punched him. He could have tripped him up. He could have put his head up towards the sky. He could have licked his ear. Moon. Maybe gave him a wet willy. <laughs> that would have thrown He just like, put it in his ear. Why then did he have to do what he did? It just did not make sense to me. The entire, that, up to that point did not make sense to me. Like, beforehand, I had my, my disbelief, so I was like, okay, killed by dubstep, fine. <laughs> um, okay. Killed so by dubstep? Yes. Well, it was. All those sound waves, like, oh. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I kind of got that from uh, honest trailers. If if you okay up there in Radio Land haven't heard of it, find it on YouTube. It, it's funny as heck. They they have everything. <laughs> they actually have the the Man of Steel one too. So, and I think uh, you would like that the most, Jared. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were talking to me or to the folks at home, to the three people still listening. <laughs> the both. They'll like both. it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everyone will like honest trailers because I'll sit and just try to watch one and I'll end up watching like 10 of them and realize I've just wasted a half hour of my time. It happens way too easy. Anyway, I don't know how I got onto a Man of Steel rant. Again, it happens. Yeah. And, and with a baseball season coming up, I'm going to be rant prone. I want to do like a whole episode of just Man of Steel and Pittsburgh Pirate baseball. If I'm not careful. Nice. But uh, yeah, so somehow that that was about Spider-Man joining the Marvel universe, and it became oh, no. a rant on Man of Steel. I I uh, going back because I know we. And veer, veering off the tracks here <laughs> in a big bad way. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I kind of, I've been hearing that they're going to go with the younger two, so you might get that wish of a fifteen-year-old. I and I hope they go younger, not like hire yeah. someone who's twenty-eight and pretend he's young, but hire someone young. <clears throat> I kind of hope though they don't try to do another reboot or uh, an origin story. Agreed. Even close to an origin story, like him flashing back to a spider biting him, and you know now he has spider powers, and I don't want that. We've we all know Spider Man how he happened. You yeah. can think. I mean, you, there, there's ways to recap. I mean, you got you, that, like, you ever know when it's somebody's first? Like it may be somebody's first. It will be somebody's first. It, you don't have to spend. A, oh, go ahead can watch the Sam Raimi stuff. They can watch the Andrew Garfield stuff to get a caught up on who the hell Spider-Man is. Yeah. Or compete him. I'm pretty sure he's there, too, <laughs> just as quick. That's some lazy storytelling. Just, you don't know who's guys Wikipedia <laughs> before you come into the theater. We're not spoon-feeding like, you anymore. I don't, really, I don't really feel like reading what's... I don't really feel like watching Andrew Garfield... Recap Spider-Man or <laughs> that's just the know, trailer for this new one. Spider-Man, you know the deal. <laughs> well, it's like that's how we got on the rant with Superman. You know the deal. You know yeah. that Superman came from another planet that exploded when all explodey. He's found by some Kansas parents 
or Kansas farmers and raised. Right. You can go to anybody on the street and they'll tell you that. Just like Batman. Indeed. Well, if they're introducing Spider-Man in Cap 3, then obviously he'll be established. So by the time they do the Spider-Man solo picture, he'll be established. And and you can, yeah, and I agree. Uh, I would also like to see if it's possible to bring back uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I don't see why not. That was that role. Per- he was perfect. Yeah, that was like, pitch perfect. Yeah, you could ask anyone better. And like, you can bring him back between the comic. I mean, he was yeah. that. I say screw it. Like, there's no rules anymore. Just put him back in there. Who cares? No one's going to be like, oh, that's the... No, everyone's going to be like, yes, yes. So Like, make that happen. Right. Those, those are my hopes. Would. Get Find some kid to play Spider-Man and bring back J.K. Simmons. So, yeah, well, the J initials, i got to be careful I don't say it wrong. <laughs> J. Jonah. Yeah, J. Jonah Simmons. <laughs> but, um... I mean, it, that's what I'm kind of hoping that... I mean, at least like a second year or maybe like a third year Spider-Man. So, I mean, he's not that well known, but. I can go six month Spider-Man. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I, I see. Do, do you like a, a 15 year old kid that sw- that's been swinging around, webbing up criminals, like leaving the handwritten notes? Like, yeah. Courtesy or friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, stuff like that. That would, I would get into that. So, I was, although talking about other Marvel stuff, uh, I think the Daredevil trailer came out. It oh, did. Well, I, I it wasn't out. much to, I mean, it was kind of like a, a I, I don't want to say a teaser. There was a teaser to the teaser, but there's not a whole lot really to go on. It looks cool. I mean, I, I don't have Netflix. I'm, I'll figure something out. I might just bite, just uh, break down and buy it, or maybe I'll just get that full month and binge watch it. Do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> like I'm good. Nope. I'm. Uh, I've tried your service, and it's not for me. But uh, thank you. I personally, I like the service. We still have it, so I, I like actually too. can't wait. Yeah. There's going to be a with a Jessica Jones, and that looks cool. That looks. Have we discussed? That they cast David Tennant as the Purple Man in that? Oh, is that who he's playing? I've just yeah. heard that it was David Tennant in there, and I was like, I wonder what he's going to play. He's going to play the Purple Man? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is just such ballsy casting. Hey, you're using I the mean, Purple I Man. I wonder if he's going to be a Daredevil, though. That would be cool. I hope he's actually purple, too. I hope they call him the Purple Man. I hope they just, I love it when they just go with this like ridiculousness of comics and then they just adapt it and they're like, yeah, what of it? Like, this is it. He's purple and he's Purple Man. Like, that's what he does. You got a problem with that? There's the door. What you you getting into when you come into this? You're getting the guy, he's purple and his name's a Purple Man. You know what? And they're doing with the Flash and I love that. Yes. Oh my god, I so love that. Uh, I I cannot. episode, but the, Last week's episode at the end, spoilers, but I mean, it's a week. Come on, people. Yeah. Get caught up. If they're still I listening. Not really yeah. much. Well, yeah, they, well, they, like they had the grad. Oh my God. That wasn't the, the first grad. time. 
That was not the first time they've alluded to Grodd or even shown Grodd. I mean, Grodd was there, like, from the jump. Like, they showed a cage that said Grodd. And uh, the one episode with the military dude, there was, like, video of, like, when they were doing the experiments on Grodd. So, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I'd love the Flash on. And the way they're, like, slow burning things like, like Gorilla Grodd and stuff like that. Like, it's going to be wacky when that's the the monster of the week is Gorilla oh, Grodd. I know. Uh, that. It's my favorite show on television right now. I I cannot say enough good things about it. It's almost to the point where there's nothing more to say. It feels to to sing the praises of the Flash just feels redundant. To just be like, oh my god, it was amazing. It's just like, yep, I just say it every week, and I it's it's like my favorite hour of television every week. And I I, mean, I remember watching the commercials. And being like, you know what, I'll give it a chance. You know, I'm not, I'm not the jaded cynic anymore. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, it's a dopey CW melodrama, but it looks kind of fun too. I'll give it a chance. It's, it's exactly what it advertised itself to be, and it's so much better. And what, what I did not get from the commercials, what I did not see coming was the strong performances of that cast and the chemistry that those actors have together. It is so. Probable, and just you you feel the connections that they have to each other, and it comes off as so believable, and you it's so easy to get like sucked in and invested into those relationships those characters have because the performances are so strong. For I mean, I get it. I don't mean to be not dismissive, but it's a CW show, and it is yeah, no business well, being as good as it is. Yeah. I, I agree. Is it as much as I don't know? I can't. I can't dismiss CW too much because I mean, Smallville at one time for me was one of my favorite shows. Okay. So I can't dismiss it too much, but I mean they I have know, done good stuff over the years. I I don't mean they and supernatural either. But but yeah, I get what you mean. Like the yeah, like the the teenage drama, everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, is... there's been some real, some good stuff in, in this last show, and I I love it every week. I can't get enough of each each episode. I'm just like, oh my gosh! And then what really sucks because the wife and I will usually watch it together, and we'll usually watch it uh, DVR'd. Okay. Because I'm usually putting Millie to bed, and she's at school. Right. And so. The DVR will actually cut off some of the preview for next week's show, which always drives me nuts. And I'm like, oh, and he's doing this, and it's going to be awesome. Ah! And it cuts right in the middle of the trailer. I'm like, no, why, sons of bees? Yeah. Now, did you – you watched this past Tuesday's episode, yes, with Firestorm? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I was super – yeah, that was all – all good, and I enjoyed the little nods to the creators, like Jerry Conway is the like writer. The, oh, I missed the creator thing, but I kind of caught the the Fantastic Four reference. <laughs> that went over my head. Well, what I was talking about was um, Jerry Conway was the writer who created Firestorm, and when they go to like Doctor Stein's house, they're talking to his wife, and, and uh, 
Dr. Wow's is looking at the award. It's the Conway Award for something, something, something. Like little nods like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I missed it. What well, you know, you know when uh, Flash shows up to Firestorm and Firestorm's all on fire and everything? Yeah. At, he says, okay, buddy, you need to flame off. Oh, really? No, I missed that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's a, a FF fan, but I kind of, I figured that was a, a reference. To that. Oh, totally. Totally, yeah. I'll have to go go back and watch it. Um, it's not uncommon for me to rewatch them. The other week I was sitting here with the lady, and we were like, there's nothing on TV. I was like, screw it. I'm watching The Flash again. And <laughs> I sat here and made her watch The Flash with me. You make her do a lot of things. Oh, uh, well, and, she... and that's a two-way street, Sean Atkins, believe you me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for your anniversary, you're like, oh, let's go to here. No, how about we go home and watch UFCW or uh, the, yeah. the wrestling. <laughs> UFCW. It's awesome <laughs> fighting between pretty people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, trust me, it's, and, it's a two-way street. And they get over-dramatic about someone that doesn't yeah. call them. And like, why didn't you call me? Uh, I was it you should have called me, you should have let me know. So that's why they fight, because there's personal tension, not because there's a person involved or is competing. It's, it's just a, so I guess that's like wrestling then. Anyway. But yeah, Flash is good before we go too far. Anyway. Um, did you get to see the preview for next week's episode? Um, I want to say it did, but I may have not. I um, think they go more into Barry's uh, mom's murder. Yes, because they discovered that grown-up Barry was at the scene of the crime. And there's this one line in the preview, and it, this isn't going to give much away, where, like, um, um, Cisco and Joe, like, go to Dr. Wells. They're like, is time travel possible? And Wells is like, oh, yeah, totally. And I love how it's not like this. It's like, you didn't know? I was like, I thought everyone knew. It's, like, it's <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> of it's, course. Oh, what? Yeah, duh. Time travel possible. <laughs> 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 Hello, McFly. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. love that he's just so, like, oh, of course. That yeah. would have been funny. He was like, hello, McFly. Come on. <laughs> Totally possible. No, so yeah, again, I, uh, I look forward to, uh, each and every episode of The Flash. I, I adore I'm almost kind of wondering though how that, I'm, I still, I know it's probably going to happen in May, but I'm just, I'm still kind of wondering like, how are they going to do the whole reverse Flash thing? Especially since they didn't have Wells Blood on it. I don't know. Come on. I don't know. It's right. There. So if it's two samples, and Barry's one of them, and we all know he's the Yellow Flash. But is he? Or reverse. Is he though? Is he the only he Reverse Flash? Is. Let's see him run. Because remember that one episode? He then he kicked his own ass in that one episode. Remember when they had the Reverse Flash trapped in that stasis field, and then he grabbed Doctor Wells and like beat him up. Because it's also remember. um when you go at comics, that that Eddie dude has also been Reverse Flash, and so there may be a connection to that guy. Eddie, 
the, the cop, Joe's partner, Iris's boyfriend. He was the Flash? In the yeah. comics, yeah, in the comics. That I mean, he didn't play that. He wasn't that same, uh, you know, there was no Joe West in the comics, but the character with that name was also uh, a reverse Flash. Ooh. So there, there's, yeah, it's... There's more than more meets the eye with that one. Um, again, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. Um, yeah, but Wells has the suit. I know, but and it's like the same suit. I know. I know. We'll have to stay tuned because I, there's something going on in this, and uh, I, I cannot wait to see how it plays out. Now, I don't want to get into the- I'm not even- I looked up Reverse Flash and I saw some the- I'm not even getting into theories. Don't care. I don't well, want to- I kind of wonder if- they already called him, uh, Reverse Flash. Yes. Show, but I almost yeah. kind of wonder if they- we even call him, like, Professor Zoom. It's possible. I wouldn't discount it. That'd be- that would be kind of interesting. They haven't been afraid to em- embrace the goofiness of, of what the, uh, you know, the comics have to offer. Yeah, I did like, uh, what was it, the smart guy, uh, the Pied Piper? Yes. Yeah. He beat Cisco to the punch. He was like, yeah. I'm the like, one that makes up the names. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of it. Can't, can't speak enough good of it. Uh, I think we should wind this one down, Sean Atkins. Uh, yeah, happen And uh, if anybody's still with us, we love you. Um, in the world of television, I'll just say this. Walking, I, I'm into Walking Dead now. I enjoy it. Um, I don't know if you watch it, but I, I didn't realize that it can make you weepy. Uh, this, I, this week's episode was pretty powerful. I need to watch it because I, I want to. The wife reads the books. But it yeah. came at a time where I was just kind of like depressed. I mean, not that like a clinic of depression. I, <laughs> I kind of just got tired of seeing dead people. So yeah, it I seemed like you. I was attending a lot of funerals at the time. Fair I enough. Really feel seeing more zombies. And then, uh, although I love zombies. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then un- un- unrelated to anything appropriate to the show, uh, Better Call Saul started this week as well. And uh, I've heard that's good. It is outstanding. Like the first episode, it was a little slow moving at first because I had to sort of put pieces on the board. And then it, once it kind of got all that out of the way, then it became like this is the show we were expecting. And then they did a two night premiere. They played episode one and episode two on back to back nights. And episode two was just that. It's like this is, you know, what I was expecting. It was a very strong, very good show. Um, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, well, this is my it's not like it disappeared. Oh, she yeah, saw it's it? on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, she saw all of it. I actually got her a a, a Saul bobblehead. Oh, okay. I, I I recommend uh, Better Call Saul if you can watch it. Monday nights at ten. Well, I was trying to find I was trying to find a Heisenberg one. Oh, well, gotcha. I was just looking for a, a bobblehead or something. Mm-hmm. Some. And, uh, I was at a dance store over at Century 3. And, uh, he wasn't there at the time. Oh, it'd be nice to know that that's what it's called now. 
Dan Story. Dan Story. <laughs> and um, I saw the bobbleheads and I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool for a Christmas gift. And I was trying to find Heisenberg because I knew what he does. I figured he was the star of the show. And plus, he has some really cool lines. Like, I've seen clips of his cool lines and I'm just like, hey, I really got to watch that show. Yeah, it's a good show. But I, uh, I remember my wife always mentioning uh, Better Call Saul or something like that. And I was like, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get Saul. Because I'd heard of, uh, was it Pinkerton? No, not Pinkerton. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, Pinkman. Pinkman. Yeah, Pink, Pinkerton's uh, Weezer's second album. Jesse Pinkman is that. Well, I've been watching Agent Carter, which is actually it's a pretty good show. It I is, but like, watching it after The Flash is is not has not been good for me. See, um, it's it's two different tastes. Like I know, and it is Andy. I just if if Agent, if Agent Carter was on first, that would be a very strong one-two punch. Go Agent Carter, Flash. That's a good two hours of watching television. Flash Agent Carter is just the crash after the high. And it is, I struggle to sit through a whole episode. I usually end up doing something else and just listen to it in the background. And it's not fair to that show because it's not a bad show, but man, it just, it's not, you can't, you can't follow the Flash. I've been, I've, I've been watching on Comcast mostly, so none really chase the Flash too much with me, so to speak. Yeah, I, that's what I should do. Just watch it the next day on demand and not try and watch it right afterwards. I've been really enjoying it. I really like it. I I like the Leviathan storyline that's happening and um a lot of left turns. I couldn't believe. Like there's that mm-hmm. Dottie character that they well for me they just introduced in them. And she came out of nowhere. Yes, she did. So if he was a little uh, Black Widow esque, well, I think it's is. I think it is a, a precursor to the Black Widow program. Yeah, it, it, it's not really that all that coy. <laughs> be about it. She's Russian. <laughs> it's a program that trained her from. It's she's Black Widow, a Black Widow. But I like the Holland Commandos. They they made it appearance. That was fun. Um. I can really care less about the Howard Stark ankle, but it's, <laughs> well, I mean, I know it keeps the show rutted, but I don't know. The guy who plays Howard Stark, I, I, I didn't really like him all that much, even in the movies. Fair enough. You're allowed I just to have like opinions. I think he's great. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I just can't watch it right after The Flash because it's. It just, I don't know, it can't keep my attention. But, good stuff. Good time to enjoy the the comics and the uh, the auxiliary media that comes with. Yeah, it's a good time to be a, well, maybe it's a good time to be an old comics fan. I don't know what the new kids uh, are going with. They're going to be spoiled. Yeah, they're going to be spoiled because they're not going to know any different. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, what are you talking about? Comics that were just in books and not like in movies? They're like, yep. There was a time where no one gave a crap about comics. And so you just read them in books and... There was movies, but there was oh boy. Cool stuff. Yeah, there were <laughs> movies. They were rather forgettable. Uh, yes, it's a... Except for the Rocketeer. 
that was a pretty fucking good. Uh, that was a pretty good. Movie. At this point in time, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a gilded age of fandom, right? Now. So, all right, folks. Like we said before, if you stuck with us this long, you're awesome. Uh, I'm says sure Ben. Because yeah, I'm sure they did too. There's some pretty, there's some pretty long episodes of comic book. Bit. I'm just saying, guys. I know. An hour and a half. Come on. But they didn't quite have the uh, the same tangenting that the figured out flavor brings to the uh, table. So this has been, believe it or not, comic book pit episode number one eighty nine, for which I am Jared and I am Sean. I'm not the master of the mystic arts. Well, I am, but I am a nice, happy master of the mystic arts. Uh, flowers.